Hello and welcome to Helios Blog. My name is Helios here for another reaction video. Today, Jordan Peterson talks about standing up against woke ideologies. Let's get into it. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. I'm a high school teacher here in Christchurch. What are the best ways in which I can stand up against woke ideology without being cancelled? Looks like the audience really liked that question. I can't imagine why in 2023. Only 30, only 35 people voted for that, but I think it was pretty popular by the sounds yeah, of it. Yeah, it does, it does, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, by the time you find yourself in a situation like that, where that question becomes particularly germane, you probably already made a thousand mistakes. So, you know, one of the things I observed at the University of Toronto when I worked there is I could see this woke nonsense emerging over decades. I really started to see it when I was at McGill University in the 90s with the encroachment of ethics committees on the research enterprise. And I could just see it just doing this like this year after year. and. You see, when I was a graduate student, and I went to Harvard after I was at McGill, and it was pretty under control there in the 90s when I was there. The psychology department there was, the people there were pretty damn tough, and they were in charge, like the adults, and a lot of them really were adults, and they were smart people. We met some remarkable people there. And then I went to the University of Toronto, and it, it wasn't, the same caliber as, as Harvard, and unsurprisingly, because... I'll bet. I mean, what is it? Uh, Harvard University is considered one of the best educational institutions in the world, also expensive. Uh, University of Toronto is, is not, right? Harvard's a very high-caliber university. And then I would observe my faculty colleagues retreating, so the administration, which has ballooned out of control over the last 30 years in universities, just incrementally move forward with increasingly... Tyrannical. Intrusive demands. Each demand being rather small demand, but the sum total of all the demands was not small. And I had many minor altercations with my colleagues at... Oh, um, also, this is like the boiling frog analogy, right? You don't know your... Uh, the frog doesn't know it's being boiled because, you know, the, the temperature of the pot is increasing so subtly. Yeah, it's like that. All right, shitting time. Hit the like, hit the sub, hit all for notifications, drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian R, and Tom M. Buy my books at bit.ly slash Books. Share this video. And of course, go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash theheliosblog. Shitting is done. Let's continue. Faculty meetings, pointing out that this was happening and saying, well, are we going to say no? So the 
university would say, well, you have these fourth-year seminars. They only have 15 people in them. We have a staff shortage, faculty shortage. Can you, like, double the size of the seminar? And my response to that was, well, how about you hire some more faculty members and a few fewer people on the administrative side? How, how would that be for a solution? And then I tried to get data, and the data question was, how many administrators have you hired in the last 10 years compared to faculty members as the student population has grown? And I never did get that data from the University of Toronto, but we know it broadly speaking for universities, and the answer is there's more students, there's no more faculty members, like there's more students than there were 20 years ago. There are no more faculty members, and there's way more people on the administrative front. So what does that mean? It means the the professors are effectively uh, overworked and underpaid for the amount of work that they have to do, and increasingly more and more demands are placed on them. That's the implication. And so, but the answer to my colleagues was, that my colleagues always delivered was, well, you know, does it really make that much difference if we double the size of our seminars? And the answer is, well, yes, if the seminars are valuable and the interpersonal time you're spending with the students is necessary and the whole enterprise is credible because these students have worked for four years and they're usually at the top of their academic heap by the time they get into fourth-year seminars and they need the attention and now you're going to dilute it by a factor of two and that means that if the seminars were worthwhile to begin with, then yes, you're compromising them. So yes, actually, it does matter if the whole enterprise matters, but then... If I was rude enough to point that out, the response was often, well, if we don't do what the administration wants, we won't, they won't give us what we want. But actually, it's the reverse. Uh, a person who's weak will, be, will lose their power, right? A person who doesn't push back, a person who doesn't fight back, a person who doesn't attack or struggle against what is being told of them, right? They'll just tell you what to do and you'll do it, right? If they know that every single time something is done, that there'll be pushback, well, then they'll think twice about asking for so many things, right? And my observation was, and I used to say this, have you noticed that they're not giving you what you want anyway? Indeed. And then that was usually when I was hushed up in a variety of ways and we moved to the next topic. And so... I watched my colleagues take micro-retreat 5,000 times. And then by the end of that, they were in a situation where they had to ask a question like, well, what do we do to not be cancelled by the woke mob? And that Indeed, exactly. The answer was... Go back in time. Don't let the woke mob form. Well, it has formed. It's like, yeah, 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 it has. It's a little late now. Now you're paying the price for all that avoidance, which we just talked about in the first part of this discussion. And so, you know, you know when you quell what you have to say, right? And you experience an inner disquiet. You think, I have something to say, but I'm afraid to say it. It's like, fair enough. How afraid are you not to say it? That's the scary part. Yep. That's the scary part. 
if you stay quiet, then what happens is, well, what happens is it gets worse. It doesn't get better. That's what happens. People have complimented me on my bravery, which is something I'm not particularly comfortable with because I don't think it's the right way of thinking about it. It's not how I think about it. I think, no, I'm just afraid of the right thing. It's not that I'm brave. I'm way more afraid of not saying what I have to say than I am of saying it. And the consequences of saying what I have had to say have been dramatic and sometimes very painful as all, and also extremely rewarding, both of those at the same time. But I know perfectly well what the consequence of not saying what you have to say is because I studied totalitarianism for 40 years. Right. And the implication is that if nothing is done against the woke mob, it will become a totalitarian woke state, basically. Which is why channels like this exist. That's why. That's why the RP is the underground, right? Sadly. And in a totalitarian state... No one ever says what they have to say. You know, we have this theory about totalitarianism. It's sort of the theory we have about Putin right now. It's like, there's a lot of innocent Russians, and there's Putin. He's the tyrant, and all these innocent Russians are the victims of the tyrant, and that's a totalitarian state. And there's some truth in that, because power structures get extraordinarily warped and punitive in totalitarian states, but it's completely preposterous model of totalitarianism. The reason that totalitarianism is total is because everyone in a totalitarian state lies about absolutely everything all the time to everyone, to themselves, to their wife or husband, to their children, to the other members of their family, to their friends, to their colleagues. It's the old Russian joke. They pretend to pay us, and we pretend to work. That's right. Indeed. Yeah. Ha ha. Ha ha. Till everyone starves. Very funny. And you think, well, does everybody really lie all the time in a totalitarian state? And if you ask that question, the first proper response to that is, you wouldn't ask that question if you knew anything at all about what you're talking about because the evidence is pretty damn clear. In places like East Germany, we went and visited, Tammy and I, when we were in Berlin, we had this very interesting day. We went and visited the, the museum of the Stasi, the secret police in, the, in, in, the, uh, in East Germany. And the Germans are pretty damn efficient. When they go in for the whole secret police thing, they do it in that hyper-efficient German way. And so we went to this complex of administrative buildings that was quite large, and walked through these 1970s offices where the Stasi operated. And it was a huge complex, huge prison-like complex. And it was run by this guy who was a dissident in East Germany when he was 17, who was arrested and put in there for a year along with his girlfriend who they tortured in front of him. And now he runs the whole museum. So that was his life. And, and, what a and mess. this bureaucratic infrastructure, hyper-developed in the Germanic way, 
was only part of the Stasi network in eastern Germany. There were huge buildings devoted to the secret police all over Germany. Why? Well, one-third of the eastern Germans were government informers. One-third. What? That is absolutely absurd. So, in the police state, one-third? Wow. So, that means if you had a family of six people... Two of them Two would be informants. To the government. And so what did that mean exactly? Well, it meant they listened to everything you said, and then if you ever said anything that would be displeasing to everyone else who was lying 100% of the time, which would really mean anything that was ever true, even remotely, then you could be reported for that, and that wouldn't go very well for you, let's say. Ah, so it sounds like tw- a lot like 2023 if you're in the workplace and say anything against the woke mob. Yeah. But also, if you were the person who did the reporting, well, then you'd get a reward. You know, it was very common in, in the Soviet Union where there was a terrible shortage of apartments and people were crammed into these small living areas. Because how much space does someone need, after all, when there's more... Ask people in Hong Kong important things to be concerned with and one of the most effective ways to get a new apartment would be just to denounce your neighbor down the hall and get them sent off to the gulag kicking and screaming at three o'clock in the morning in front of their family stripped naked so they couldn't struggle to you know effectively and then be rewarded by the government granting you an apartment that's a lovely basis for social organization yeah sell out your your fellow people lovely And so... Oh, lordy, that sounds a lot like the direction we're going towards. Totalitarian state is a state that's in the grip of the lie. And so what that means for each of us is that every time you lie, every time you lie, this is the truth of the matter, every time you lie, you've just allowed yourself to become possessed by the same tyrannical spirit that's at the core of the totalitarian state. And you might think, no, I'm lying. It's like, no, the spirit of the lie is making itself manifest within you, and you are participating in your own possession. That's what's happening. And so I'm way more afraid of that than I am of the consequences of saying what I have to say. That was profound. Okay, so now we might be practical about it. Let's say, well, now you're a high school teacher and you're in this situation where the woke mob is everywhere and if you now dare to utter something that's necessarily true, right, because you're so desperate that you can't even retreat now because push has come to shove and you say the wrong thing and you're going to get taken out. It's like, yeah, you are. And you might say, well, can you withstand that? And I would say, I wouldn't recommend it exactly. I probably know 200 people who've been cancelled now. I had a good friend, colleague, very admirable man, who, very emotionally stable, very wise person, well-situated in his life, and he got cancelled pretty decently. And it broke him enough, so he was in the psychiatric ward for like three weeks. 
And so that's pretty much what's coming your way if you get cancelled. I don't think I've ever seen anyone who was cancelled who didn't respond to it about the same way that people respond to a near-fatal illness. Right. Or when you're about to be executed. Right. Now, there are some exceptions, very few. Douglas Murray is an exception. You know about Douglas Murray, perhaps. He's, he's got the spine for a fight. And so when the mob comes for him, his attitude generally is, just bring it on, you pricks. And so, and Murray's got away with that pretty well, you know, but he's a singular person. There aren't very many people like that. And, and you know, so good for him. Back to this problem. So now you're in a situation where if you do, if you have been driven by desperation to finally understand that you have to say what you have to say or pay the spiritual consequences, let's say, but now it's gone too far because there's been 3,000 micro-retreats, you're going to face something like cancellation, which is justice at the hands of a vengeful mob, let's say. It's going to be pretty damn brutal. And it isn't necessarily even obvious that you'll survive. So that's a pretty rough choice. Now, I dealt with people who were in that sort of situation in my clinical practice because they were people who'd been cornered by ideologically possessed bullies at work and tortured beyond their ability to tolerate it and needed to figure out how to free themselves. And that usually took like a year of strategizing. And so the first thing you got to ask yourself is, well, is your CV or your resume in order? If you get fired, could you find another job? If you get fired so hard that you can't find a new job in your profession, which is what happens if you're really effectively cancelled, do you have the wherewithal and the resources to find gainful employment somewhere else? Because you might be in a situation where you think, well, I can't say what I have to say because I have a family that's dependent on me. And that's a real concern. You can't just say, well, shoot off your mouth anyways. It's like, well, you've got people depending on you. If you now casually utter a truth and you're fired, well, maybe you've been successful in some trivial regard in relationship to standing up to the woke mob, but what about your wife or your husband and your kids? Indeed, taking the bread out of your mouth is one of the most effective tactics they can use. It's true. You can't just put all that aside, so you've got to start thinking strategically here. You're in a war. A war is a sequence of battles. You better get your arms in order. And so the first thing I would do with my clients was, well, let's get your CV in order, get your resume in order, and start setting up the situation so you have alternatives. You know, when, when I got mobbed first when I objected to Canada's compelled speech legislation, my job as a university professor was seriously threatened. I got two letters from the human resources people, and I know how human resources people... What a surprise. So you mean standing up against the woke mob gets you this, the, the consequence of getting destroyed? It, so the, co- the, the concept here is think as you like, but behave like others, right? work they send you a letter and tell you to stop and 
That's letter number one, and then they send you another letter and tell you to stop, and that's letter number two, and then they send you letter number three. Then they've documented your misbehavior sufficiently and given you fair warning, and then they fire you. It's just a procedure. I knew, I'd seen this happen many times. I knew exactly what was going on, and they got to two letters with me. And at the same time, for similar reasons, not precisely the same, but similar. My clinical practice was threatened, so I had, I had three jobs. I was a university professor, I had a clinical practice, and I had a personal business. And so I wasn't that easy to take out, because you had to take me out three ways to be successful. Cause I... Right, exactly. They couldn't take the bread out of his, uh, out of his mouth so easily, right? And that's, that's the concept of having screw you money, right? So effectively, what have we become in 2023? What we've effectively become is we're all slaves, right, in the West. And the only way you can become free is by having the money to be able to say, screw you, I'm not going to say what you want. I'm going to tell the truth and you, you can't stop me. That's the principle. You have to be so strong that they can't say no to you could have used any of those to keep myself going but two of them got blown out of the water now the third was third actually bloomed, boomed as a consequence so that was kind of nice so <laughs> yeah, yeah that was the I youtube mean, channel but i had right? set myself up you know i'd set myself up so that i had options and you got you can ask yourself this because this is the effectively what jordan became as a martyr right? If you've ever heard of, uh, of the concept of a martyr, right? Like in, uh, in religion, you know, the martyr dies for the faith and so they become a saint, right? Effectively, that's what happened to Jordan. He became a martyr for the RP, right? Or for, and that is why he then, his business boomed, right? The question here is the specific exemplar of a more generic question, which is, how do you not put yourself at the mercy of tyrannical forces? Because maybe you have a job, you know, and your boss is a tyrant. Because that happens, a narcissistic, psychopathic, exploitative tyrant. And you're not rewarded when you do your job properly. Maybe you're even punished and you're subject to all sorts of arbitrary and intrusive behavior and you feel trapped. This happens to people all the time. And what do you do about that? It's like, well, you, you do what you can to think through the problem strategically and provide yourself with options. And you, you can't negotiate with someone unless you can say no to them. And you can't say no to them unless you have options. And so what I would do with my clients to begin with is like, okay, well, let's take a serious look at your situation and pull back and think, look, it's going to take a year to sort this out because you've got to get yourself ready. Is your resume in order? Well, generally the answer to, to that from people is no, and people are embarrassed about their resumes. It has holes and gaps, and you know it's a record of their failures as well as their successes, and they probably haven't updated it in five years, and they're embarrassed to look at the damn thing to begin with because then they have to face all their avoidance and failure across their life, and they're not confident in putting that forward, and so they hide it. They hide it in the filing system in their computer and never look at it. And so the first thing was, well, bring me your bloody resume. And often people wouldn't do that for like three weeks because they were so too afraid. And then the task would be, just go onto your computer 
find the folder with your resume in it, open it up and look at your resume. Don't fix it, don't adjust it, just gaze at it. And usually if I could get people to do that, then they would start to... That was looking the predator in the eye. Then they would start to... Yeah, again, if, if you're having trouble looking at your own resume, then you have bigger problems than speaking against the woke, woke mob. You need to work on yourself, right? You need to be a man that you respect. If you don't respect yourself and your accomplishments and what, what you've done to look at your own resume, I don't even know. I don't know what to tell you. You have enough courage to maybe start going through it line by line. We'd get their resume polished up. And polished up didn't mean falsified. It meant I'd look at it and think, look, well, how are you going to justify this gap in your employment? How are you going to justify this gap in your employment history if you're called on it? And if the answer was the person didn't know how to justify it, then we had to figure out what they might have to do to fix it so that they had a coherent story. Take a university course. Um, that might be part of it then at least you can tell the person if they point to a hole in your education, says, well, I know that hole's there, and here's the steps I'm taking to rectify it, which is pretty good. That's the sort of response that would fill an employer with confidence if they had any sense. And so, and then we, well, then people would be worried. they say, well, I can't handle the rejection, you know, because you send out 50 resumes, and you're bloody fortunate if you get one interview out of that. That's about right. Ah, that's about the right ratio, generally speaking. And so that's a good thing just to know. That's baseline. doesn't mean you're a failure. It means that most job postings are fictitious. Exactly. That's right. Most opportunities are not actually opportunities. They just look like opportunities, but really they're fake. That's, that, that actually is true. Right? Because jobs are posted that have already been filled. Right. But they have to post them for legal reasons. And jobs are posted because a company wants to keep a steady flow of resumes coming in in case they do need someone and on and on. And then, you know, even if you do happen to have the qualifications, there's probably 10 other people that also have the qualifications. Right, which makes your percentage chance of actually getting in lower and so on. All right, let's end the video there. I think it's a, I think it's a good spot. Hit the like, hit the sub, hit all for notifications, share this video, go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash the blog, drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian R, and Tom M, just click more in the link in the description, buy my books at bit.ly slash heliosbooks. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you listen to the end, really do appreciate it, take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next time.